Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind. I hope everybody had a good holiday weekend, enjoyed a lot of sports, DFS, hoops, of course, a lot of MLB action. The Masters is coming up this week. Busy, busy, busy stuff. Roto Grinders has you covered. And one of our guys who always has you covered it is the Chief, Will Priester. What's going on, man? How was your weekend? Okay, man. I had some some people hit me up on Twitter. Wanted to figure out how that qualifier seat went. Uh, didn't finish. Did not finish like we wanted to. Still made some money, but uh, you know, in these qualifiers, I don't I don't want to make money. I want to be in first place. So uh, we've got one day left, and uh, with some of these games, we kind of talked a little bit about it pre-show. You know, I'm probably just going to key in on two games and let the chips fall where they may. And uh, let's let's see if we can make this thing happen. If not, you know, we got a, a, a live final in Colorado for FanDuel for baseball. So I'll hop on that train. You know, you just kind of got to decide when you want to go to qualifiers. Last year, I didn't really decide to do it. But uh, this year, I'm definitely, you know, got some some funds allocated to try to chase a little bit. So um, let's see if we can do that. And, and and uh, unlike everybody, I don't want to say unlike everybody else, once I get my one seat, I don't play anymore. Like I'm done. I don't try to get multiple. I just want my one bullet in there. You know, I feel like I'm good enough to compete with one, uh, take a few chances here and there. So at any rate, welcome. The Bubble Brothers are back. The band is back together. And we're kicking off the week with another really interesting slate. Yeah. Much better than Sunday's four-game debacle that was – I did a crunch time with, with uh, Blender, and it was just like, you know, I don't know. You know, the whole Pelicans team had questionable tags up until 45 minutes before tip-off, and then everything, then everything just changed, you know. That flipped the slate pretty much. But, yeah, we'll be pulling for you in the qualifiers, and yeah, it, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of uh, buzz around the qualifiers this year, and – getting back to those live finals because everybody missed out last year with the pandemic and everything. I mean, uh, I was fortunate enough to qualify for DK's uh, final for hoops last summer. Um, it was supposed to be in the spring. It was supposed to be in Hoboken, uh, which isn't the most exciting place, I guess, New Jersey, but still really cool because I also qualified through a satellite for the sports betting championship too. That just got yeah. completely canceled. That was such a bummer. I actually qualified through PGA. I had Webb Simpson in a playoff hole, like crazy sweats I had. Just, you know, listen, man, there's nothing like that live final sweat. A lot of people say, why do you chase? You know, the ROI is horrible. Yeah, that experience, man, when, when if I'm competing against you and we're in the same room together and, you know, we're, you know, whoever, you know, you're having a couple of drinks and you see you jump up that leaderboard in real time, you know, that's what it's all yeah. about. Colorado sounds pretty badass, Chief. I've never been out there personally, have you? Yeah, have haven't been to Colorado, so um, definitely want to – um, see if I can I can get out there. I know a lot of good you know friends of the DFS world there. Those CSU Rams there, Grants there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Draft Cheat is there, but I don't want don't hold me to that. Um, let me see who else is out there. Actually, I think Condi is is out there in Colorado too. Um, which you know we don't really see Condi anymore, but Condi is kind of a legend. But I think he's out there. Um, is Bales in Colorado? I can't remember. I have enough trouble. No, I don't, I don't think Bales is in Colorado, but I, I I know Pete's there for sure. But at any rate, 
It'll be good to, you know, just get, get out there and have some fun. And listen, it's, there's still one more day in the basketball one. So tomorrow's my last shot. Maybe I can get a little last ticket mojo going and uh, get on in there. Well, hey, let's break down the slate. You know, we'll get a little head start yeah. for everyone's research. Check out rotogrinders.com, everyone. Morning Grind. Chief and I will be on three days a week. Stevie's over there doing MLB. Hard at work with baseball season kicking off. And, of course, NASCAR's still in full swing so it, we got a lot of stuff going it's masters week but we have a really nice nba slate seven games totally manageable much better than four and much better than dealing with like 11 because we're <laughs> i mean that's right it's been brutal chief i was talking to blender on crunch time and how many i wish you could sort this DraftKings list when you open by by injury designation because there has to be at least a dozen relevant questionable tags that and guys that are out that I feel like this information might be stale by the time, you know, a lock rolls around tomorrow. But we're going to do our best to prepare everyone for what we're looking at right now. And hopefully some of this research is relevant and, you know, give you a couple ideas of which way you want to build the blueprint with with things you're doing. And look, there's a bunch of seven o'clock games, which is nice. Actually, wow, most of the most of the slates at seven, Chief. Yes. Yes. So I will know very quickly whether or not I'm going to this virtual <laughs> live final or not. This will not be a sweat at all. In fact, uh, Justin, I don't know if the, the viewers know their listeners, excuse me, know this. I actually just go to sleep at night and then I wake up in the morning, like in the middle of the morning and check. Like I don't really look too much throughout the night on anything. I go to sleep and typically I'll wake up one or two in the morning. So, you know, let's just see how I did. And typically I know, cause you know, you got people in discord, people on Twitter, like if you've won, they'll let you know, they'll say, Hey man, you know, nice hit. Sorry at the top. And I'll go, okay, let's, let's open up the old app and, and see what we got. And lo and behold, you know, the beautiful present will, will be in there waiting on you, uh, preferably in your fan duel balance. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm pretty excited, man. I'm pretty excited. So, you know, by your push notifications, me, I have anxiety as it is. There's, I like, that's why I'm probably so tired every day in the morning because I'm waiting for the, you know, Clippers Nuggets game to be over at 1 30. <laughs> then, I, then I can't, I can't turn off, you know, Shaq, Kenny, and Charles. That, that's must see TV. So, yeah, the crew, the crew. Let, let's get right to this because, we'll, listen, one of the most significant uh, injury designations and teams to figure out is going to be the Toronto Raptors. Lowry's out. Van Fleet's questionable. Uh, I mean, Hood is out too, which is Rodney a lot more important than people out. think. Oh, that's huge for guys like Gary Trent. And I'm going to toss it over to you in a second. But uh, what, what I want to say is it's not like Toronto's in some vanilla matchup against Detroit or Orlando. They're playing the Wizards who play no defense and play very fast. So you have that situation on Toronto's side of the ball. And of course, Bradley Beal has that questionable designation, which changes a lot. He hasn't played since the 27th of March. So Chief, okay, talk to me with this one. You know, what's what's your gut say? You know, who do you think's in or out? If you had to guess, um, and you know, looking at Siakam's price is eighty five hundred. It's not like nine k on DK anyway. I mean, he's going to be very popular. Yeah, he should be. Um, and I also wanted to mention that Rui Hachimura is also questionable for tomorrow's game, which you may not think it's a big deal. I think that's another big deal. Uh, for this this game as a whole. I'm just going to come out and tell you right now, you know, this is one of my favorite games on the slate. Um, you know, we don't have to talk about it. all the games start at seven except Phoenix Houston. So we don't even have to, to, to make that a point. But uh, I think in this game, if all these guys end up being out, that's kind of how I'm going to try to break this down. Okay, 
if Beal plays and Rui sits, um, I think you can still play Westbrook. Uh, I honestly still think you can play Beal in this spot. He's only been out one, two, three, four. He's only been out four games. So it's not as many games as you think. It's just been since the end of March. So he really hasn't missed extensive time. Like, like, Because in our minds, it almost feels like he's missed a whole month. But it's really been more like, you know, a little over a week. So uh, if he plays, I'm, I'm more than willing to uh, to take a shot on him, especially in this matchup where Toronto isn't going to be at full strength no matter what. So I, I'm cool there. If Beal sits and Rui's in, I'm full steam ahead with Westbrook and Rui. Like, you know, when we've seen Rui's upside increase dramatically or in dramatic fashion when Beal has sat and he's played and it's been kind of him and the Westbrook show. So that's kind of the approach I'm going to take. If all three play at that point, I'm probably just interested in Westbrook and not as much Beal, not as much Rui. And then on the Toronto side, uh, you know, we already know that Lowry's out, right? We already know that Rodney Hood is out as well. They, they've already said that he's out, which I think is significant. Paul Watson is still dealing with COVID. You may say, mm, well, why, why does that matter? Well, Paul Watson was taking up, you know, 20 minutes when all these guys are out. He'd go back to probably about 20 minutes. So we got we to gotta wait and see on that. Uh, but Fred Van Vliet, if he's out, then, I mean, it, it's full steam ahead on FanDuel at least. Gary Trent. Uh, OG Ananobi, God, dare I say Pascal Siaka, man. I, Pascal's a guy I don't get right, but in this matchup at 8,700, I, I think I just have to play him. It's a matchup with Washington. If Van Vliet is out as well, like, gosh, man, it just feels like he should put up 50, and I'd be, I'd be willing to roll the dice on that. And then also, I feel like that opens up a few more minutes for Chris Boucher because I think Chris Boucher started against Golden State, and Van Vliet actually played in that game. So, you know, if, if I can get 25 minutes from Chris Boucher against Washington, I feel okay with that. Obviously, I prefer 30, but 25, if he had 25 minutes every game the rest of the season, sad, sadly enough, I would accept that. So at least we know, you know, the stability of his minutes. But you're more than welcome to come on down to Charlotte, Chris Boucher. We sure could use you right now with all these injuries we have going on. If Chris Boucher can't play 25 minutes in a game, if they're missing Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry and Chris Bouget can't play 25 minutes, he must be sleeping with Nick Nurse's wife or something. <laughs> I, I don't understand why he just can't. I mean, the guy is much better than any other option they have coming off the bench right now. And honestly, he might be better than some of the starters Toronto has in terms of raw talent. Man, uh, you know what? I like if, if, if those two guards are out, uh, some, and obviously you said Rodney Hood too. So it's not even just like, well, if guards are out, it usually only helps other guards. They're just lacking bodies at this point, um, which is huge. I'm interested in a couple of things in this game, too. I think this is a very targetable game for many reasons that you that you just said so well. Bertans is interesting on the wizard side. If we hear that his minutes will get a little bit of a bump, especially if Rui and Beal are out. Uh, he's only 3,600. Only played 20 minutes the other day, but I played all right. Um, so I'm in, a mild interest in Bertans if, if the restrictions lifted or, you know, even if, the, if he plays 25 minutes. I mean, he's damn near min price on DK. So I think that's something to keep an eye on if you hear any Bertans minutes news. OG Uniube is just such a monster. And I, I looked up his game log. He played in 31 games, I think, this year, something like that. He missed a bunch of time. In 29 of those 31 games, 
he has at least a block or a steal. The guy is just everywhere all the time. I think we talked about this on last week's pod. I'm like, you might say, oh, I don't know if he has upside. Oh, he can get you that upside. He has four steals in a game or, you know, he's done that many times. And you're like, wow, how did he go off? And uh, this is a very, you know, Toronto's going to get paced up here. It could be sloppy. Westbrook's a turnover machine. As good as he is, that ball finds its way to the opponents quite a bit. And when you're on FanDuel, you know, that makes the opposition a little even a little more attractive to get some of those players, Chief. Tell me about it. I mean, th- this is one of my favorite games on the slate. I mean, full disclosure, I'm going to be stacking this game. I mean, it's just – I think the news is going to break our way the right way. So I'm, I'm just going to be stacking this game and hope what Russell Westbrook doesn't have a quadruple double. <laughs> well that, – that, That's with turnovers included, by the way. It's possible. But – Two more things, real quick. Malachi Flynn, we talked about him very briefly. If Lowry and Van Fleet are both out. He could see some time. He played in a lot of trash time against Golden State, but he went off. I mean, the guy could play. We know he could play. It's just how much is he going to play typically. But if you're missing both guards and Rodney Hood, he might see 20 to 25. I mean, it's very, very possible. And additionally, I just want to share, you know, you shared a little bit about your weekend. I had a great lineup on Saturday. I played Garrison Matthews, who started for the Wizards at 5%. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be either really good or really bad. Starting, mid-price guy, decent game environment. I know what I sign up for when I play Garrison Matthews, right? I, I, I know. He, he, the ball has to go in the hoop a couple times because he doesn't do much of anything else. He literally didn't do anything. He ended up with zero DraftKings points. He played 18 minutes. No points, no boards, no assists, no steals, no blocks, two personal fouls. So he basically got to the arena and ran a bunch of suicides for 18 minutes. It's like, how do you not even just randomly catch a rebound once in a while? <laughs> so I have a little poor recency bias with uh, Garrison Matthews. If Beal's out, I don't know if I can go back there. But there's going to be a lot of cheap pieces potentially in this game, which is what, we're, what we're, basically what we're getting at. And it has a good chance to be competitive because sure. neither team's very good right now. So Correct. All right, Chief. I would typically say, do you want to go to the other 7 o'clock game? But considering there's five more of them, yeah. you, want, you want to roll over to the Brooklyn-New York game because obviously, you know, James Harden's got that Q tag next to his name. So, you know, that could also change a whole bunch of stuff. If you plan on eating dinner tomorrow, you better, you better eat a quick one or get some fast food because a lot of news is going to be flying between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, um, and, and as always, folks, I know you're hearing me cover a little bit more FanDuel than usual. I'm trying to cover FanDuel. Luch is covering DK, and that way, you know, we kind of give you guys a full scope. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm not really interested in this game that much right now. Uh, Kyrie's 10K. Don't hate it, right? Don't don't hate it. Uh, I, I'm just waiting uh, for the rug to get pulled from under us with Elf Payton. He played 24 minutes against Detroit, put up 40. Uh, almost the whole team just went bananas uh, against the, Detroit, I think, in that in that last game. They just handled them quickly. Got get, The game was over within the first quarter, and uh, they just kind of rode from there. But the one guy I am interested in this game is Julius Randle at 9K. Um, this is a fantastic spot for him. We've seen bigs kind of get to Brooklyn. Now, the, the bottom line is this Brooklyn's team has changed. You know, if you guys watched the game yesterday, they started LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. Uh, so maybe, maybe this is something to monitor, but I also monitored the fact that, you know, Vucevic kind of went off against them, which means not much has changed in terms of the Brooklyn bump. So uh, I, Julius Randle's a guy I really like in this spot. 
Um, he's a guy I'm going to try to key in on here, you know, even outside of that Washington-Toronto game. I think he's in a fantastic spot. Overall, though, Lucha, if Harden plays, I'm kind of out on pretty much both spots, maybe outside of, of Randall. If Harden is out, maybe I consider Kyrie at 10K. That's a strong maybe, though, because I think, you know, we're going to end up with some much better plays than playing Kyrie at 10K against the, the Knicks, who are going to play pretty good defense. Yeah, it's tough to to play these Knicks, a team that has dealt with so many injuries all years. Finally, they're for the most part healthy outside of Mitchell Robinson. If you sort their team, you only have his injury designation. So, you know, Derrick Rose, Peyton, Bullock, Burks, we uh, quickly, everybody across the industry used them from time to time when, when half of those guys were out pretty much every game. Now they're all back, and we don't really know what the rotation is going to be like. We know Tibbs loves to run the starters into the ground, and they're fighting for playoff position in Tucci. What what peak twenty twenty one stuff? The Knicks are in the playoff picture, man. It's been quite some time. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, so so are the Hornets, but I, I I feel like we're probably about to be out. Like we're just so many bad breaks, and this isn't about the Hornets. I know it's about the Knicks, but <laughs> it's all good. Jesus, I'll, give you, man. I'll give you your thirty seconds to vent. Yeah, it's it's tough times in 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 the in the, in the hive, man. Tough times. Tough you get, times you get one of the hive. best picks of the draft. You know, you think we're going places. It gets derailed by a wrist injury, and now Gordon Hayward's out. And I, I didn't like this Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward signing anyway. It has nothing to do with Gordon Hayward. It had everything to do with his contract. And lo and behold, when we need him the most, he's out four weeks. He was out at the beginning of the season. They've heard me rant about this Hornet situation all season. Nothing's changed in the playoffs right now, but, but, you know, I I don't, I just don't think we have enough to get to the finish line at this point. Cody Zeller's in and out of the lineup every three weeks. I mean, ah, so frustrating. We're here for you, chief. We got your back. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Like, uh, yeah. Back to the Knicks when they're healthy. We don't know. There's so much. These guys need usage to perform, right? Yeah. So I'm passing. I like Randall the most, too. I'm sure he'll be low-owned because there's going to be a lot of other popular plays with the injury news. So I'm with you there. I think we can move on. We can move on. Um, Utah and Dallas, another 7 o'clock game. Oh, this is going to be a quick one. Go, go ahead and ask me any question you want to ask me about this game, Luch. Any question. Any I mean, question. any question you can think of. Any question I can think of. All right. All right. You in or out on Luca? I'm not playing anybody in this game. Zero players. Full fade. Not touching it. I don't care if Porzingis is out. I'm not playing a single player in the Utah-Dallas game. Mike Conley's back. That means I don't want to play him. I don't want to play Mitchell. I don't want to play Clarkson. I don't want to play Royce O'Neal. I don't play anybody. I'm just out on this game. It's it's a tough one. They both play very slow. Dallas plays at the 27th pace, Utah 18th. And just to backtrack, the Knicks play at the slowest pace in the league, and they have the fourth best defensive efficiency in the league. So if you're wondering why we're not thrilled about that Knicks-Brooklyn game, the indicators are, are right there. Um, yeah, I mean, this game for me, too, is probably – Oh, probably a pass unless there's some injury news. I mean, I'll, I'll consider taking playing some pieces, you know. I mean, listen, if if Porzingis is out and uh, they're missing – if Dallas is missing a couple other guys up front, I mean, I'll consider going back to Boban. He's still under 4K. Well, Maxie's back. That's the problem. Maxie's back. Well, then I'm out on Boban. 
Yeah, so, see, I can't. If, yeah. if Maxi was out and Porzingis was out, I, I think you'd have to take a shot on maybe Melly or, or Boban or both. Yeah, but yeah. both with even with Maxi back, that just it, it it muffles it mucks up everything. So I'm just I'm out, man. We haven't seen sixty from Luca since March nineteenth. Oh, it's coming though. I, I now I am tracking this. Let me say this just from a general perspective, Lutz. I project guys like Luca for sixty every game, mm-hmm. and the reason I do this is so if I'm in a mass multi-entry build, I can get a little bit more exposure than the field. So as Luca's because at some point, if Luca doesn't crank out fifty-point games, he's going down to the nine K range. He's going to get the Russell Westbrook treatment, and I'm telling you right now. Watch, watch the dial turn. He's going to hit 9,800. All of a sudden, he's going to score 60 every game, and it's going to take him a week to catch up. And so you're just going to have to keep playing him at that point. And so that's why with Luke at 10-3, I have been playing him. But I'm not playing – I'm just not playing him in this Utah spot. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would play – I would get exposure in large field GPP stuff like you just explained if you're playing the big $4 on FanDuel or something because – with the way this slate's going to break down, he'll probably be, I don't even want to throw a stupid number out there, but I'm, I'm thinking probably, you know, sub 15%, something like that. If, if Beal is out, Westbrook will be 60, 70 in the, in the $4. He'll be Especially pushing. Especially on FanDuel, where you only have yeah. four point guards. So. Yeah, he'll yeah. be pushing. Westbrook will be pushing probably 80% in the monster, the, 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 the uh, 22 single entry. So, you know, in the 1600, he'll probably be pushing 80% roughly where where Luca will be like you said you know 12 15% i so i totally get it yeah tough to do in single entry kind of stuff though one bullet you know tough game tough game yeah. um we'll move on let's move on another game where i feel like you're going to say ask me any question you want about this game how about cleveland and the spurs oh man please loots yes ask me any question you want about this game any question. All right. All right. The prop is at 0.5. Are you over or under players from this game that you want in your pool tomorrow? <laughs> Let's go under. Woo! That's that's two two hard passes, two full fades. I like it. Now you're talking, are you talking with your single a single bullet or if you're max multi? Oh man, listen, for talking, me, talking. if I'm fading, I'm fading. And here's why. Let me let me tell people why. Because we got we kind of got some time today, Luch, with like two games that you, I think we're kind of not interested in. The reason why I take stands like this is because even if I'm building with a hundred lineups, I go through this process to ensure that I'm I, I want to be as optimal as I can for how I view the slate, right? So I don't I'm not gonna go out on a limb and say, oh, what if DeMar DeRosa scores 50 today? If he scores 50, I live to see another day. But if, if I line up with the plays that I think are correct and I, and I have the right pieces around the core, then I give myself a chance to win. And I give myself, in my opinion, essentially more upside than trying to squeeze in 15% DeMar DeRozan when I can take that same 15% and roll it into someone I like, like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 10% more Gary Trent or something, something of that effect. So that's just kind of the way I approach it. I don't try to spread myself too thin. You know, oftentimes, even if I'm building 100 lineups, if I'm locking a guy in, I may have two to five players outside of the other guy that I'm locking in on FanDuel. No more than that, though. I'm not getting up to seven, eight, nine, ten guys when I'm locking in someone 
no more than five. So I can get the upside that I need. So to answer your question, yes, uh, I, I'm under 0.5. I'm, I'm just, I'm not playing anyone in this game. That's fair. Good, good info for the people too. And, you know, when I multi-enter, depending on what sport I'm in, but I, I, I'm in the same way and everybody has their preference on what they do. Some people don't fade anybody and they just want a lot of exposure. But for me, with how high the rake is across the industry and how hard it is to make money, you know, there's a huge difference in every tournament from first to 10th. It's, it's, it's incredible. You know, first to 10th place. It doesn't matter if there's 100 entries or 100,000 entries at this point. There's a major money difference in just 10, you know, 10 to 15 spots anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you. Like, you know, you could, like, for example, in PGA, you can try. You're going to lose, in my opinion, I think you'd lose money if you match the field in terms of ownership on 60 different golfers. Do you want to have maybe one that has a chance or do you want to take some stands, fade two or three guys that are going to be 20, 30 percent owned and have that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're not going to you're not going to be right every time. But maybe you're right about those three players you're fading once every three or four days. And then you have sick leverage and then maybe your core hits. And now you're talking. And instead of having one or two lineups that could really bang down the stretch, you know, suddenly you have 15 or 16 of them. And then you're like, okay, we're in business. And then you can even take that a step further. And then you can even see what you have in NBA and late swap a little bit if you have to in a couple of your cores. And we'd be lost without late swap. FanDuel's product would be extinct if they never brought back the late swap from a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> the way it is now, we're going to go in a lock tomorrow, luckily – because national championships tomorrow, am I right? And by the way, maybe top 10 game of basketball I've ever seen this weekend between Gonzaga and UCLA, man. Yeah. Whoa, did you catch that ending? Look, I caught the ending. Didn't catch the game, but I think I am going to go back and watch it because, you know, Twitter was blowing up like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, it was – I heard the game itself was incredible. So, even though I know what happened, I still want to go back and kind of watch it from end to end. You know, it was incredible, and I think – uh, I think what's even cooler is that on the Gonzaga radio call, Adam Morrison was uh, the color commentator losing his mind. Now, I don't know how you feel about him because I know he was a, a Charlotte Bobcat. Oh, and God. In the league. So, I, I, I uh, can separate college careers and NBA careers. Trust me. Amazing college player. I mean, uh, amazing, amazing. It is funny, though, that, you know, we're comparing guys who are just elite scorers in college. We talked about Doug McDermott last week. That's what I'm saying. I can separate it, man. Dougie, Dougie in my opinion, is probably a top 10 college scorer of all time. Like, people are, people are probably don't understand that. But in terms of college scoring, Dougie McBuckets is definitely top 10. He, like, you know at Creighton, he was ridiculous, man. I mean, insane, Unreal, unreal. And, but, you know, good for him. He's a little bit of a late bloomer, but he's carving out a hell of a niche in Indiana. He's a yeah. big part of that rotation now. Um, but anyway, crazy game. I had to share that. I could not believe what I saw in real time. That was that was awesome. But I was saying we're going to get a lot of news tomorrow, but nine times out of ten in NBA now, you're going into lock with four or five guys that are major parts of these slates, and you better just be on your phone. I said it on crunch time, like, you guys are having Easter dinner with your family. You better run to the bathroom every 10 minutes and uh, check those notifications <laughs> and make those swaps to get away from the family for a little. We've all been there. We all know it. Step outside. Oh, I got to run to my car real quick, you know, check out the lineups, you know. But uh, <laughs> listen, we should have a bunch of this news, which is great. And, uh, you know, this is another tough game. It's not appealing to me. I mean, another team where outside of Lonnie Walker, the Spurs – we know what the Spurs are doing, and we talked about this. They, we know the rotation. 
it's just hard to like for me I, between Murray and DeRozan every night I, it's tough sometimes for me if pricing is close I know it's a little bit different for you on FanDuel you know DK with the utility slot you I mean there, there's just so many more combinations that I can make you know outside of them I'm really not interested either in this one let, let me get you to a better game <laughs> Oklahoma yeah. City and Detroit what, what should I set the over-under on Chiefs player pool in this one? You tell me. You tell me. Uh, let's go. Let, let's, let's up the stakes here. Let's go one and a half. One and a half. Oh, man. All right. Well, let me see here. SGA is out. Horford is just probably never going to play again this year. Isaiah Roby's out. Lou Dort is questionable. What a mess. Baisley's questionable. So here I am. Oh, it's a Diallo revenge game, Chief. Oh, it's a Diallo revenge game. And that that is some straight GPP stuff right there, folks. Straight GPP stuff for Diallo. Okay, so maybe he's in your player pool. Uh, Anyway, I I guess the guy that I thought of initially was probably Moses Brown, who you – I don't know the FanDuel pricing. I'm thinking maybe Moses Brown. And, uh, man, I'm going to butch this last name. I've, I've been staring at it for three months, but I never actually had to say it. Pokasevsky. Pokasevsky. Major minutes. I'm assuming he's cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DK. So I'm going to say I'm going to say over. I'm going to say three guys are interested in this game. Close. Uh, maybe three, definitely two. I do have some interest in Poku just because it's – but this is just purely – purely an injury play right like if Roby's already out if Baisley is also out again you're going to get Poku at 5,500 on FanDuel playing 35-ish minutes um you know unless they try to split it between him and Tony Bradley and then you got Moses Brown where you know they've, they've been playing and they've kind of been getting blown out but this is a game where it could be a little bit more competitive We've seen Moses Brown have some upside. So Moses Brown is purely an upside play at 6,800. If he gets 30 to 35 minutes in this spot, uh, you could be looking at 40 to 50 fantasy points. So that's kind of where I am with with these guys. I mean, the guards are going to be okay, but I don't think the guards in play are going to be better than some of the other guards we have. I, I, I mean, I wish I could play Hamadou Diallo, but Detroit, in fact, has more guards, feels like, than anybody in the league. And they're playing them all. Joseph Lee, Dennis Smith, Killian Hayes, Frank Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson, Roddy Magruder's been playing, Sadiq Bey is playing minutes. I mean, they're all over the place. Jeremy Grant's still playing. Isaiah Stewart is still playing. It's terrible. Like they're just they're they're just like uh Orlando when Orlando has their 12 to 13 guys. They're playing everybody 25 minutes yeah. and 28 minutes, and you just it's eating away at their fantasy value. Well, yeah, cheap. And the rest of the season is just a glorified ex. Ex- exhibition for Detroit and Orlando. They have nothing to play for. They want to see what they got, you know, in one month from now, we're going to see even more of these veterans just completely. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Grant's going to have a mysterious toe injury and sit out, you know, um, yep. Mason Plumey's going to have a thumb injury and sit out. And suddenly Isaiah Stewart's going to be playing 30 minutes the last five games of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Good to see Killian Hayes back though. Played 20 minutes the other night. Um, still really hasn't been able to get it together. You know, 3,100, though, I mean, he'll garner a little bit of ownership on DraftKings. You know, he's just a guy that 
I need to see it before I buy in, you know, and, and I'm all about getting ahead of the herd, but I don't think it's for me in this game. You know, Dennis, Smith, <laughs> they still, they still want to get a long look at Dennis Smith too. You know, another, you know, former first round pick, you know, has, uh, was touted to have a super high ceiling and there's just too many bodies there. Like you said, getting 20, 25 minutes. So you're right. For me in that game, it's Moses Brown. I'm with you. I think he's appropriately priced and the matchup's pretty good. Um, but dare, dare I say Jeremy Grant revenge game too, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Shout out to Alan Lem likes the narratives. I like the narratives too, but yeah, another tough game. We'll go. We'll go with the big one here. We could spend some time on this one. There's no Vegas total for it right now when recording, but Sacramento and Minnesota. It's got to be super high when it comes out. I mean this this should be all year. It's the Kings are the worst defensive team in the league. You see it every day on every town site, and it's true. They're terrible. Minnesota is nothing to write home about defensively either, right? So <laughs> here we are, man. Minnesota and Sacramento. And uh, a bunch of questionable tags there, especially on the Minnesota side of things. And Rubio is actually doubtful. Okay. So Rubio's doubtful. Noel is doubtful. Sounds to me like we're going to get Jordan McLaughlin again playing 40 minutes. And at 4,600 on FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen, he is in play. So he's kind of, in my opinion, value on FanDuel right now, where you will probably take and I'm just saying it's chalky, but sometimes you have to just eat chalk evildoer. I don't know if you guys have seen that GIF, but sometimes you just have to eat it. And if if Beal is in fact out, uh, then you're probably going to need to play Westbrook and Jordan McLaughlin on FanDuel. That's probably the direction you're going to need to go. Um, now, look, you could also get away, I think, on this slate with Westbrook and the De'Aaron Fox combo, right? Like that's that's something you can do, but it looks like McLaughlin, as of right now, is just going to be one of the best values on the slate. Now, D'Angelo Russell is getting close, but he's still doubtful. But he is getting close. So I think that's there. Um, you know, in terms of uh, who else from Minnesota, like Malik Beasley is also listed doubtful. That even shores up more McLaughlin's minutes. Well, guess who else that shores up? Mr. Jaden McDaniels, he's going to be more involved. So I think in terms of Minnesota, it's kind of a, a, a three-pony a three pony race here with McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, who's been playing out of his mind, and Jordan McLaughlin. And because of their price points, you can actually get all three in your lineups with ease. McLaughlin's 46, McDaniels is 41, Cat has 11K. But trust me, that 11K, is, is it, he's warranted the 11K given his most recent performances. And I do want to read these off to you. Let's see if I can go 10 games down. One, 67.3. Two, 58.2. Three, 50.4. Four, 59.9. Five, 53. 61, 35, 54, 34, 64, 51. Uh, this 11K price tag is warranted for sure. Uh, and, and shame on me, Mr. Towns, for not trusting you over Mr. Embiid on Saturday. Uh, if so, I would have been in the money and in the qualifier uh and i'm not going to chase and just play him tomorrow just because this is a really good spot you know towns and mb have that little rivalry you know they got in that scuffle a couple of years ago and you know hey hats off to you you took the leverage play you knew there was risk with mb coming back over the weekend i'm actually surprised towns balled as hard as he did against mb that i was impressed and towns is coming around you just read the numbers off and 
for a while. He just was kind of underperforming, you know, about a month ago. And we're like, well, you know, Towns was an afterthought most nights. But he is squarely in one in you know, arguably one of the highest upside players on any given slate now. Another interesting note is that without Rubio, Russell, and Beasley on the court this season, Anthony Edwards actually has the highest usage, not Carl Anthony Towns, but they're both 33, very close, 33 and 34. But talk about a guy that's coming on is Anthony Edwards, you know, tough sledding beginning of the year, but then he saw, you know, he got his opportunities. Another guy played 40 minutes. So McLaughlin and Edwards, I think, are both in play here. If you're playing and looking to stack this game, I know Edwards might not get the peripherals you want from someone that's over 7K on a given night typically, but the guy can score the ball. So this, this is going to be a, a – sl- could be a sloppy game, not a lot of de- you know defense, you know, extra rebounds to go around with the pace being high, things like that, a lot of assist potential here. You know, Edwards is going to have to handle the ball, you know, a lot more than, than the, you know, when Rubio's in. He's the primary ball handler. He's the floor general. So – I like Edwards. I like Towns. I think McLaughlin is also in play at 4,400 on DK. And he's, he should get the minutes if all those injury tags we talked about are, you know, if that holds up through through roster lock. But for me in Sacramento, you know, I love Halliburton as a player. He's great. He's fun. But his role on that team is, is a little tougher to figure out now between him, Buddy Heald, and De'Aaron Fox. When one of them are, have been out in recent you know days, games played this year, you know then you have a you can play both, maybe two of the other three guys or one of them, and now it's a little tougher to figure out. It's a great matchup for any of them. You know, do you have a preference here between the three when they're on the court together, or is it just kind of uh, you know on Fanduel obviously where you know you don't you don't have position flexibility? Is it just kind of like depending on what's going on that day? Yeah, it kind of depends on what's going on that day, which. You know, the way the slate the way the slate is shaking out for me, I may not end up on a lot of Halliburton in terms of my single entry stuff. Multi-entry though, you know for sure I'm gonna get exposure to him in this spot. I just think at Sacramento right now, they've kind of got a log jam at guard too. Now everybody's not getting an equal distribution of minutes. Like we know Fox healed. And Halliburton are going to have the bulk of the minutes, but DeLon Wright's going to get 20 minutes. Terrence Davis is playing 20 minutes. Uh, and so I think that's kind of eating into, you know, uh, uh, what they have going on there. And, and Harrison Barnes, you already know, he's going to play 35 minutes a game. So, you know, it's just kind of the way, the way their, their slate is, uh, their team is shaking out. They got so many guards and they're all playing. So I, I like Halliburton, don't love Halliburton. Like I said, healed Halliburton Fox we know they're all getting 30 plus but like I said this next tier down DeLon Wright he got 17 minutes against Milwaukee but he's still been playing 20 22 minutes same thing with Terrence Davis he's playing you know 15 to 20 minutes so I I think it's just you stick with the starting guards in terms of your multi-entry build Uh, if you're going single entry I don't feel great about Halliburton yeah, I'm with you. And, and yeah, they kind of got the lawn rate for no reason now, too, to make things even more complicated. Um, it's been a while. Buddy Heald saw 38 minutes on 324, um, but he hasn't seen more than 34 since. So, you know, you're right. They're getting 30-ish, you know, 31, 32, something like that. But are, is Buddy Heald going to push 40 minutes ever again this season kind of thing, right? Like in the regular season, who knows? I mean, Fox, the leash is off on Fox the most, I think. 
Halliburton had that in. I mean, he's seen good minutes, but he had that injury a couple weeks ago, right? So he was on restrictions for a little bit. But just, like you said, logjam. That's kind of what I was getting into. It's a little. It's a little harder. I mean, listen, the game environment's going to be fantastic, but it's kind of like, all right, now you got to figure out where the ball's going. So um, I do think Harrison Barnes is sneaky in this game, though. What's the, because his minutes aren't going anywhere. What's the tag on FanDuel over there? I got him at 6,900. 60, okay, I got him 6,300 DK. And he's, I, and he's at power forward, played 35 minutes. This is a sneaky good spot for Harrison Barnes to go out and put up 40 under the radar and nobody just ever noticed. Yeah, he'll be 5%, right? And one of the best game environments on the slate. That's the kind of stuff you got to take a gamble on. Did you see Terrence Davis's line against Milwaukee the other night? Woo! I did not four, see it. 10 of 14 from the floor, 7 of 10 from 3. In 23 minutes, he dropped 27 real points. Yeah. He just hey, Nick, away. Nick Nurse, here's your guard you need right now. Put him in. What's up with yeah, you? Tell, tell me about it. Terrence Davis. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. So a lot of bodies there in the backcourt in Sacramento. Regardless, hey, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe there'll be some unexpected news. Maybe the decisions will be easier. But until then, I'm with you. I, I like Towns. You know, the guys you mentioned on the other side of the ball there. And um, they'll probably be pretty popular, but but rightfully so. Um, lastly, the 8 o'clock game on this slate, Phoenix and Houston. And Houston is on the back-to-back. John Wall is unlikely to play. It's a back-to-back. You know what that means? I wouldn't be shocked to see Christian Wood ruled out around lunchtime. Correct. So, Correct. you know, then we're back here talking, you know, Kevin Porter, even though he's 7,300 or – Kelly Olynyk's almost 6K. Like they prepare the DK's algos now preparing for these things, um, which is good to see because I hate free squares. I hate when Olynyk's 4K or something and he's 90%. It's just, you know, what do they say? Skill game. Huh. Even less of a skill game when you have one of those free squares. It is what it is. Um, tough game here to figure out, right? I mean, we talked about that Phoenix is tough to target again because A, they're good defensively and B, they're, they're pretty slow. Um, but there's a chance that, you know, some Houston value opens up. It's just, I hate the Houston value personally. I hate playing Daniel House on given nights because he's just so inconsistent. I hate playing Sterling Brown, right? Like they just have so many clunkers, even though they have the minutes and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll set the chief over under on this one at one and a half. Uh, you know, if Christian Wood is in, I would say one and a half for Chief. If Christian Wood is out, I'll say maybe it's up to two. That's my guess. What do you think in here? Uh, well, I, I mean, Kevin Porter Jr., John Wall has been playing with him a lot. And where is his upside now? It's just like disappeared. Uh, I mean, he went through a stretch where the upside was just spectacular. It's not like they were playing cupcake teams. He played Sacramento, Utah, Boston, Atlanta, Golden State. Uh I mean, just showed tremendous upside. And now recently, he's still been getting 30 minutes, but it's just, man, where, where is it going? Just not enough peripherals. He's shooting the ball a lot, but but the peripherals just aren't there. I, th- I still think he's going to pop in the projections category, but this is for sure a spot of Christian Wood sits uh, for them to get blown out. And that's the way I'm going to um, – yeah, Olenek, Olenek is probably still going to be fine. He's a guy that's just – uh, typically a you know pretty good point per minute score when he's on the floor uh, and I'm sure he will be again tomorrow at 5300 on FanDuel I don't hate it at center but you gotta hope he gets there in the first half because 
uh, this game could easily be a blowout. The problem is if all these guys sit, like if Wall is out and, you know, a couple of these other guys sit, like Daniel House hurt his ankle and didn't come back uh, in the, in the uh, Pelicans game. If he's out, then, you know, no matter what, Olenek may end up having to play, even if Wood plays. So I think that's kind of where we are. Kenya Martin Jr., man, I mean, I wish he – just go ahead and start giving him 30 minutes. Like, why are we still playing Daniel House? Just give this young guy the minutes, but that's just not what we're seeing. So uh, I know you said one and a half. Uh, I, I, I feel like I need the news to make some decisions on this game. Right now I'm for sure under one and a half players. I'll tell you, that Phoenix side of the ball will probably be almost un, unowned tomorrow, right? Like nobody is going to target anybody from Phoenix. So be my guest and go overweight on the field and max multi-answer stuff if you want, because you're going to see these guys. We know what their upside is. We know what Chris Paul's upside is. We know what Booker. You now DeAndre Ayton's had a tough year, but, you know, he has 50-point upside. From max enter, and sure, I don't mind going, you know, five to ten percent over the field on some of these guys i just want to correlate that with players from houston in case the game is actually competitive and you're right i was just going to bring up the daniel house news sprained his ankle played 12 minutes then he left the game didn't come back the good thing for kelly olenic is he played 33 minutes which is almost almost 10 minutes more than anybody else on the rockets bench however a lot of the rocket starters were in foul trouble Sterling Brown had four, Tate had five, Porter Jr. had four. Regardless, I'm interested in Olenek. He's been playing great. He's been play- even before he got traded. Olenek was balling in Miami. So he, he another great Gonzaga college school player, Kelly Olenek, yes. who's been a great role player for for many years now. But uh, speaking of the Zags, I thought of him. But yeah, I mean, listen, I think you can play Kelly Olenek. He's right now. He's really the only person I'm probably interested in this game. And maybe, you know, he's 5,800 on DK. He might not be too chalky, especially if Christian Wood plays. But I have a feeling we're not going to see Christian Wood tomorrow night. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, is there a little is there a little stretch narrative there with Kelly Olenek playing the same night as Gonzaga? You know, is there a little extra juice in the tank for Kelly O? Man, you, I tell you what, man. You can tell who's on narrative street. You guys, you guys pull on that street with ease. Uh I, I wasn't even thinking about that. So well, I, I pull up, man. I pull up. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, I'm just playing about Kelly O and the narrative. I, I think narratives are funny, but he's been playing great. So that's it for me in that game. It's it's a solid. Uh, the line is set at one for the Luch and, and who I'm playing in that game. It's probably Kelly Olenek or nobody for me there. Yeah, I, I do think Chris Paul at his price on FanDuel. He's under 8K. He's a 7,400. Like, he could essentially come out and put up 40 in the first half and just kind of not play. Kind of like how he did against OKC, put up 49 in 21 minutes and, you know, rode, rode out into the sunset. Like, it's possible. But I just take my – I'd much rather take my chances with Westbrook and McLaughlin. And I do know that, that the lineups at some point are going to start building themselves on FanDuel. And I will have to get really different somewhere. I just don't know where that somewhere is yet. That's fair. Covered a lot of ground tonight. I thought that was pretty good. Bravo, Chief. Bravo. And um, definitely pulling for you to get that QC tomorrow. A little bit of a late push. And we'll yeah, be. Yeah. And, and I've had, listen, I've had my chances. So I'm, I'm grateful, man. Because ironically, I don't think I've lost money on the Qs because I've, you know, pretty much been in the green on most of them. So I don't even know if I've lost any money yet. You're um, right there, man. Keep plugging so, away. Yeah. So, 
Any other thoughts on the slate? Anything we didn't bring up that you want to talk about? Is there anybody that is like a super contrarian play that you don't exactly want to recommend, but you're like, okay, I could see it. Cause I like, got uh, one guy just talking about this Houston game and I'm not, I'm not going to play this guy in three max or single entry stuff, but Avery Bradley is probably damn near min price on both sides. I'm assuming and he played 26 minutes off the bench. I mean, if you're really reaching and you're looking for like a 1%, you know, lower own punt play, uh, Avery Bradley is like one of the blenders vomit plays for me. It's like, eh, all right. Like you'll get a couple of shares if you want. Anybody else, any contrarian looks you're looking at? Oh man, I honestly think Moses Brown is going to be contrarian. I know I talked about it, but I, I don't see many people flocking to Moses Brown in this slate and against Detroit in a matchup where you got two, you know, uh, high school teams playing against each other. Uh, he could he could come out and put up for it, and that's not an insult to the NBA players. Obviously, these guys, th- this this team would destroy any high school team any day of the week. They're in a high. I don't care if they play at Sierra Canyon. They would not beat Moses Brown and Poku. They would not beat these guys, trust me. Um, but the, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, these aren't premier rosters that, that are going to be playing each other. And essentially, if this game stays competitive, I do think Moses Brown has a real shot at some good upside here. That's my least favorite random guy at the bar, uh, like, rebuttal. Oh, Alabama, they would roll the Bengals, you know? Like, that's, that's like, dude, just okay. Stop. Oh, yes. okay. I will take that bet any day, I guess. You know? Yeah, listen, I've, you know, for those of you, and I think a lot of people know this, I do coach basketball. And that's one thing I try to always get across to people. Like, you might look at Matthew Dellavedova right now on this NBA team and think, oh my God. And listen, there's some street legends that are incredible. But you take Matt, you take Matthew Dellavedova into any gym and any YMCA in the country. And people are going to get embarrassed. I can tell you that right now. Like these guys are professionals, okay? So don't you know they they might be at the end of the bench, but these guys can hoop. So speaking of elite college players, Delvadova carried St. Mary's. He 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 was like the biggest competition Gonzaga played for a couple of years when he was out there at St. Mary's. Yeah, um, and he you know you made a funny point about street legends. When Rafer Alston was in the league, that was kind of fun, right? Talk about M1 mixtape tour when they were in yeah. the Yeah. And he earned it. I mean, he, he didn't just it. I mean, he he went and played at San Diego State. Yeah, he was good. He, he earned it. Good. Like he didn't just show up one day. So uh, you know, listen, he got the ref called him on a couple of carries. Sometimes he'd go back to Rucker and go, Oh, yeah, my bad. I'm not there. But uh for the most part, he he was good. a really good role point guard, you know, for the magic, Absolutely. uh for Houston, Houston yeah. like you know, so yeah, man. Well, I guess it's that time for our GPP food of the day before we ride off into the sunset. Yeah, we're, we're going to see if you have one today. Because remember, you, you you were supposed to dig deep for the people. Well, I didn't really dig deep, but I I see the stupidest stuff floating around on the internet nowadays. I mean, most of the stuff online is just trash. Don't tell me it's the uh, shrimp in the cinnamon toast box. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, no. Mm, nope. God, man. No. I, okay, it's not that dumb. But... I want, quick, I want to quick talk about some burgers. I saw some stuff floating around. It's like, what do you put on your burger? Like, what's your go-to toppings? Man, yeah. I, I love a good burger. Um, and I, I like many, depending on a couple of toppings that I choose, I can put a million different things on a burger, right? So 
Yeah. Well, what's your go-to and do you have any places in Charleston or anywhere that you've been that's that's like maybe one of your favorite burgers? Okay, so let's do this. Let's go. And I think we've talked burgers before and I've probably talked about this spot, right? But listen, burgers are always a good way to keep revi- like we could talk about burgers every week cuz there's just so <laughs> many good spots. But this is a commercial spot, but I'm telling you, man, you you won't be disappointed. It's a place called Wayback Burger. And I'm not sure if they're everywhere. But Wayback Burger has a burger called the Cheesy. That should tell you all you need to know. Um, so I, I, I get the Cheesy with what they call Wayback Gold ketchup, grilled onions, grilled uh, sautéed mushrooms. It's just an incredible, incredible burger. And the Wayback Gold, by the way, is, is a barbecue sauce. So just kind of so you know what it is. It's a, it's a gold barbecue sauce, uh, mustard-based, obviously. Listen, man, one of the best burgers, I mean, I've had at a commercial joint. Um, outside of me making it myself at home on my grill, Wayback is my spot. Like, it's legit my spot. One, one day we'll have to have, like, a commercial lightning round of fast food versus fast food place. You know, we'll do, like, McDonald's versus PK or something one day, you know? It'll, yeah. We'll hash, we'll hash those out. But Listen, yeah, man, man we, can, we can just, whenever we start that, man, just drop it in the morning grind, put it in, put it in a poll, right? Ooh, and, uh, let let the good times roll and, and let's see where we end up. You know, yeah, everybody's we'll, we'll got start tweeting out some polls. Days. We'll start yeah. tweeting out some polls. I like it. I like it. So there's a place in Nashville. I know we got a lot of Nashville people at Roto Grinders, and I'm. It may, I don't know. I don't think I'm selling my, myself short here with my recommendation. I've been in Nashville probably seven or eight times. I'm Titans fan. Yeah. The place called Burger Up. So Burger Up is the real deal. Um, a lot of natural ingredients. It's in 12 South one of the best burgers I've ever had. So tell me if I'm right or wrong, my Nashville people, when you hear about burger up, ah, man, um, American cheese for me, typically, if I had a, Oh one. yeah. I like American. And you know what? I don't personally, I'm rare, medium rare. I don't think for me, I, I don't know. Like, do you have a preference on the temperature? Temperature is a big debate too with meat. So yeah, I go well done. I remember last time I told people I like well done steak and they, uh, <laughs> they made a big to do about it. And that's fine, folks. But listen, I'm, st- I- I'm telling you, I make some of the most tender, well-done steak you've ever had in your life. Uh, there- there's a secret to it, a good family secret that I use, you know, how we uh, uh, marinate it overnight. So it's it's it- it's really good. I mean, the last time I made a steak last year, um, a couple of my friends had it uh, from out of town. They were like, yo, listen, this is fantastic. I knew it was going to be good. You know, when you, you know it's going to be good when you put it, put it, take it off the grill, put it in the plate, cover it up with that aluminum foil because you still got more to do. Oh, and yeah. then it's time to eat, and they they roll that foil back, and the aroma just poof hits them in the nose. Man, can't be. I can make a grown man cry, Chief. You know. Yeah, for sure. For anyway, sure. party at Chiefs tomorrow night. He's cooking after tip off. Don't show up at once though. <laughs> anyway, man, let's get out of here. Where can the people find you on Twitter? At Chief Justice 06. Hit me up on Twitter too. Reach out anytime. Whatever I can do to help, I gladly will point you in the right direction at the J Carlucci. We'll be back at it later this week together. So for Will Priester, I'm Justin Carlucci. Have a great day and good luck.